for God's word. Heavenly Father, Lord, give us a burden for the lost and those who are saying they have no room for Jesus Christ. Oh, Father, may we continue to not allow the world to set in to our own hearts as your children and push the Savior back and and quench the Spirit, Father, in our lives. But, Father, may Jesus Christ have preeminence. And now, bless our time in the Word and speak, we pray. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, this morning, uh, we are going to conclude our series. And uh, we had a three-part series going here. And this is the conclusion of it. Uh, And I called the series Christmas Fruit. And we are looking at the third and final fruit. Now, where did we come up with the idea of Christmas fruit? Of course, we looked at it last time that we get it from Galatians chapter 5 when Paul gives a list of the fruits of the Spirit. And we just took a few of those fruits of the Spirit and wanted to study it and, and perhaps let it t- speak to our hearts. Now, um, I, I came up here this morning getting things ready, prepared, and, and there was a, a little Christmas gift for me right here, just sitting right here. It says to Pastor Larry. And uh, it doesn't say, oh, it just says from and then question mark. So I don't know who this is from, so I guess they want me to open it. So I'm going to open it. All right, so let's take a look at what we got. Oh, fruitcake. Oh, my goodness, fruitcake. Look at that. We, freshness guaranteed. It says right there. Fruitcake. Unbelievable. Look at that fruitcake. And as many of you know, uh, since the beginning of this series, that uh, I mentioned how this was one of my most despised food uh, in, 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 that I can imagine. I cannot get this down, even a bite. So whoever gave this to me, thank you. From the bottom of my heart, I know you meant well, and I know that what a great what a great idea give me what i don't want but uh (laughs) instead of coal but thank you i think i know who this is and i won't mention names carrie may but uh but possibly this uh you know just to rub it in rub it in but i will tell you this that on wednesday night when our men gathered together for our christmas party at our Bible study, um, some homemade fruitcake was brought out. And the, the guy said, you got to try this. You got to try it. You got to try it. And so I tried it. And it didn't look like this, but it was good. It actually tasted good. I took a bite of it. It didn't taste like the old fruitcakes that I had had in the past. But it was truly good. So now I found out there is a fruitcake I like. 
But someone has a recipe out there. Don't know where it is. But anyway, uh, but the, we, we come to that because fruit is given, fruitcake and other fruits are given as a gift sometimes at Christmas time. We enjoy eating fruit. But here we come to a third fruit of the Spirit. Now, we looked at love. We looked at joy. What do you think today might be? Peace. Peace. We're going to pick the last one as the fruit of the Spirit called peace this morning. And uh, if you will turn with me to Luke chapter 2, let's go there to the familiar Christmas story. Luke 2, and we'll pick it up at verse 10. Luke 2, verse 10. And of course, at the beginning of the Christmas story and the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ, the angels appeared to the shepherds. And what did they say? Verse 10. And the angels said to them, Do not be afraid. For behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which shall be for all people. For today in the city of David, there has been born for you a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find the baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there appeared with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, here it is, verse 14. Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace. There it is. Peace. Now, I have a New American, trans, a New American uh, Standard Version here I'm going to read, okay? But if you have a King James Version, it's going to read it differently. The translation. New American is much like the NIV in its translation. Listen to this. And on earth, peace among men with whom he is well pleased. Did you hear that? The angels came, and according to the translations from the originals, the earth, and on earth, peace among men with whom he, God, is pleased. Now, of course, if you have the King James Version, you're reading peace on earth, good will towards men, right? And that's the one we hear in the Christmas carols, and we say peace on earth, good will towards men. So when we read it in the King James like that, we think, well... Peace on earth, goodwill to all men. And yet you look around and do you see peace anywhere? Where is the peace, peace on earth? And goodwill towards men. Where is this peace and goodwill towards all men? It's interesting that this verse... Uh, as scholars got together and, and they looked at the original, what the original Greek, how it, the meaning of it was meant to be, it meant to be 
as the New American Standard has it, and on earth peace among men with whom he is well pleased. These are men and women who are pleasing to God. They are the ones that the peace has been brought to. Those who would accept the gift, accept Jesus Christ. For there are many who reject him, don't want anything to do with him, and therefore there's no peace in their life. But this is for those who have trusted the Lord Jesus as Savior. So if we read that, peace on earth, goodwill towards men, I want you to turn over to chapter 12, Luke 12. If you go over to Luke 12 with me, and look what Jesus says. When we're considering peace, the fruit of the Spirit, 51. No. Uh, and... Uh, <clears throat> Okay, we uh, look, let's, uh, let's start at 49. I have come to cast fire upon the earth and how I wish it were already kindled. This is Jesus speaking, okay? But I have, I have a baptism to undergo and how distressed I am until it is accomplished. Of course, he's talking about the cross here. Verse 51, do you suppose that I came to grant peace on earth? I tell you no, but rather division. For from now on, five members in one household will be divided. Three against two and two against three. They will be divided. Father against son and son against father, mother against Daughter and daughter against mother, mother-in-law against daughter-in-law, and daughter-in-law against mother-in-law. Boy, he covers it all. He basically is telling them, oh yeah, now that I've come, I come to bring division in the family. Now, how could he say that when... We just read about the angels coming and saying, peace on earth, goodwill to the men God has favored. Peace on earth. And yet Jesus said, I didn't come to give peace. What a contrast. We're saying, well, that really doesn't fit. Don't understand that. But of course, Jesus, when he's talking about no peace in the family here, He's talking about those who do accept him by faith. They will suddenly be enemies of those who don't know Christ in the family. I don't know how many of you have unsaved family members and you've gotten together and you have, there's been conflict. I've heard story after story of the conflict that goes on in families when one or two people come to know Christ and suddenly they don't like the same things, they don't do the same things that her, their family was, has been doing all these years that were ungodly and worldly and suddenly they, they have Christ in their heart and they say, no, we, I, I can't do that anymore. And the family turns on them. 
Maybe some of you were to have been turned on by your own family because you have accepted Christ. You call yourself a Christian. Jesus is saying, expect it. Expect that if you trust me and put your faith in me and accept me as your Savior, you will have division among those who are close to you who do not know me. And that's what Jesus is trying to make clear here. It's a shocking statement, but Jesus Christ will bring peace one day in the future to the earth, to the earth itself and the world and all the nations when he returns. And we know again what the scriptures point out, that there will be uh, we're waiting for the trumpet to sound, the rapture of the church to take place. All of us will be caught up together, even maybe today. Wouldn't it be amazing if the rapture happened this morning? And we went up on Christmas Day, but suddenly we who are in Christ would disappear. And we would go into the heavens and meet our loved ones there and meet the Lord Jesus in the air. Then he will take us back to heaven. And for seven years, we will enjoy heaven and the marriage feast of the Lamb, and we will feast with the Lord Jesus Christ while on earth begins, where there are no believers on earth at this time then, there will be the great tribulation period that will take place. Seven years of God's wrath poured out, and also the wickedness of man grows greater. And then, of course, at the end of the seven years, do you remember what happens? According to Revelation, Jesus is going to return on a white horse, but he is going to have a robe dripped in blood, dipped in blood, as it were. And he is going to come as a warrior. And we are going to come with him, along with his angels and saints. And we are going to come back to earth. Jesus will destroy the wicked man, the Antichrist. And he will change the earth. And he will set foot on the Mount of Olives. And Jesus Christ will walk down into Jerusalem. And Jesus will change the landscape of this world. So we won't have to worry about the, uh, you know, the climate crisis that people talk about or anything like that. It, Jesus is going to make it beautiful like the Garden of Eden. He will reign for a thousand years. We will reign with him. So that is the point when Jesus brings himself righteousness back here to the earth. That is when there will be true peace on earth goodwill toward all men and all will be saved in that kingdom but the peace the peace that we want to talk about the fruit of the spirit called peace is a peace that we received when we came to know the lord jesus christ as savior and there are two things i want you to take home with you concerning peace this morning first off the question we ask is do you have peace with God do you have peace with God because there are two things we're looking at this morning concerning the fruit of the spirit peace there's peace with God and there's the peace of God those two Peace with God, peace of God. What does that all mean and how does it affect me as an unbeliever or as a believer? First of all, 
Jesus came to give us peace with God. What does he mean by that? Turn to Romans chapter 5 with me. Let's go to Romans 5, verse 1. The Apostle Paul writes to the church in Rome, Therefore, having been justified by faith, okay, there's salvation, justified by faith, we have peace, there it is, with God. How do we have peace with God? Through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have obtained our introduction by faith into this grace in which we stand, and we exult in hope of the glory of God. Paul is saying, before Christ, before we ever knew Christ, we were enemies of God. We could not have a relationship with him. Therefore, when I was born and came into this world with a wicked, sinful heart, I was born as an enemy of God. I did not know him. I was not close to him. And so there was no peace between me and God because God was holding me accountable for my sin. And one day I would have to pay for that sin in a place called hell once I died. And that was the punishment for sin that God required of man. But then something wonderful happened. God said, I want peace with man again. I want the, 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 the fellowship that he once had with Adam and Eve before they sinned. And so he wants it with you and I. And so Jesus came and Jesus Christ, as the Son of God, opened the door through his death on the cross by accepting him. He has been our peace. He has brought us, as we become saved, we are then part of the family of God, and we now can have the assurance that we have peace with God. We're no longer enemies of God, but we're called the children of God. The children of God. How wonderful to know that I have peace with God. The Lord Jesus brought this. I turn to First Timothy now. Let's go over to 1 Timothy chapter 2. And you see here, as Paul will be writing to Timothy, 1 Timothy 2 verse 5 and 6. <clears throat> Look what he says to Timothy. For there is one God and one mediator also between God and men, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all the testimony born at the proper time. Paul describes it as Jesus being a mediator. Now, do you know, we know pretty much what a mediator is. It's like a lawyer. Someone who represents you. Someone who goes, if you have gone to court, you have to go to court, you bring a lawyer that represents your case before the judge or the jury. And he, he pleads your case 
According to this, Jesus Christ, by shedding his blood for you and for me, he's now at the right hand of God the Father. He's interceding for us. He is our lawyer in heaven so that when I sin on earth and I deserve God's wrath, Jesus is my mediator and I come to God and I confess, Lord, today I sinned. I'm sorry for this sin. Jesus Christ mediates between us and the Father and says, Father, I redeemed that, that child of God. That's your child. I redeemed them with my blood. Therefore, they are covered under the blood and they don't receive wrath. And he mediates for us. He is our lawyer before the Father. And so he has brought peace with God into our lives. We have peace with God. How wonderful to know that I have this peace. But secondly, Jesus came to give us the peace of God. Question, do you have the peace of God today? Only the believer, only a Christian can have what is called the peace of God. The peace of God. This kind of peace, if you want a, a description of it, is the calmness of confidence in God. In other words, it's the opposite of anxiety. How many of you right now have been, this past week, have had any anxiety? None, right? You guys are doing great. Shopping and everything. Everything's going smooth. You never haven't been upset. You haven't worried. No. We've all experienced the anxiety, right? And, we, and we've experienced anything but peace. But here Jesus came to give a peace to the believer that we can't get any other place but from Jesus himself. For when Jesus comes into my life and I've accepted him by faith, he dwells within me and he brings all the fullness of the Godhead, then I can enjoy a peace that only he can give, a supernatural peace. One of my favorite verses is Isaiah 26, 3. Thou wilt keep him in perfect, what? Peace, whose mind is stayed on thee. Isn't that beautiful? You know, sometimes at night, if I'm concerned or worried about something, and, and I'm holding on and, and the stress is there, the Lord brings this to my mind. I try and bring this verse to my mind. Lord, you will keep me in perfect peace if I keep my mind fixed and stayed on you. That's what I have to do. And I get so wrapped up in the things of this world and all the, the burdens and everything else. And I fail to stop, to be still, to know that he is God. And, and, to, and to fix my mind and heart on him, who he is, what he has given me, and what he will do, all his promises, what he's promised to do. And that is to take care of my every need. The, the peace of God. The peace of God. 
Turn quickly to John 14. John 14. Jesus speaks to his disciples concerning this peace. Now remember when Jesus was talking about division in the family, he's talking about a division between the saved and the unsaved. But now he's talking to his disciples, John 14, 27. Look what Jesus said to his disciples before he was going to go to the cross, for they knew he was going to leave them. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you, not as the world gives do I give you. Therefore, let not your heart be troubled, nor let it be afraid. Jesus is saying to them, I'm leaving, but I'm leaving you with my peace. I'm giving it to you. And when you and I were born again and accepted Christ as Savior, suddenly I received the Holy Spirit into my heart permanently. And he is the one who has brought us peace, the peace of God. So that I can experience a peace that only God can give me. And this is a peace that doesn't change with any of the circumstances that are going on around me. It's, it should not be affected by what is going on around me. All the, the, the uh, problems that are going on, the peace of God can keep me steadfast. Quickly, Philippians chapter 4. And then we're, we're coming to a close. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 and 7. Familiar verses, the Apostle Paul writes to the church at Philippi. He says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. You have anxiety today, Christian? Bring it to the Lord in prayer, but with thanksgiving. Let it be made known to him, verse 7. And the peace... Of God. No, notice it doesn't say with God. Because that's already taken care of when I was saved. And the peace of God. Which surpasses all comprehension or understanding. Shall guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Do you see what the peace of God will do? If I bring it to the Lord. All my trials and and this Christmas day, I bring all my, all my brokenness and all my fears, and I, I bring it to him. I say, Lord, here it is. I know that you are with me. Lord, help me. Suddenly, we will begin to feel a calmness in our hearts. That peace that passes all understanding. We can't understand it, but suddenly there's that calmness and peace in the midst of all the chaos I am at peace inside, knowing that God is going to take care of me. He's got a plan for my life, and I don't need to fear what is happening now or what's going to happen tomorrow. I can really experience the peace of God. And that peace of God guards my heart and mind. In other words, it will protect me 
when Satan wants to come and attack my mind and my heart with thoughts of doubt, with, thought, with thoughts of anxiety, thoughts of well, doubting God's word, doubting his promises, suddenly my heart will be guarded by the peace of God and my mind so that I will be steadfast and immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Our reading this morning is Colossians 3. If you'll turn there with me. Ephesians, uh, I'm sorry, Colossians. It's right after Philippians, so it's the next book. Right after Philippians. Colossians 3, verses 12 to 15. And so, as those who have been chosen of God, holy and beloved, put on a heart of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. What are all those, by the way? Those are the, that's the peace of the Spirit, isn't it? That's the peace of the Spirit that Paul talked about in Galatians 5. So he's talking about the peace of this, the, the, the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit. And one of them is peace. But here, look, patience, bearing with one another and forgiving one another whoever has a complaint against another just as the lord forgave you so also should you when i am demonstrating the fruits of the spirit in my life which means i'm allowing the holy spirit to control my mind my heart my thoughts then these things will be produced in my life i don't produce them but they're the fruits of the spirit the spirit in me will Help me to be patient. Help me to be kind. Help me to be, have humility. But then he goes on, 14. And beyond all these things, put on love, which is the perfect bond of unity. Verse 15. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which you indeed, you were called in one body, and be thankful. We are called... To let the peace of God rule in our hearts. Question. Am I allowing the peace of God to rule in my heart today? If not, I can leave here allowing that peace to guard my heart and mind. By just coming to the Lord, casting all my care upon him. And know that I am his child. I already have peace with God, but now I want to experience the peace of God, that calm contentment that only he, I can receive from the Holy Spirit, and I can remain calm in the midst of the storm. There's a movie that's been out recently called I Heard the Bells. How many did get to go see it? So a number of you have seen it. I have not gotten a chance to see it, so I'll have to wait till it comes on DVD, but I wanted to see this film. I heard the bells. And of course, those of you who don't know about it, it's the story of Henry Wadsworth Longfellow. He was born and raised in Portland, Maine in the 1800s. Henry became a Harvard professor of literature and one of the greatest writers in America. While Henry was publishing books, however, dark clouds were gathering over his life. And not only that, but they were starting to cover our nation, America, which was the time of the Civil War. In 1861, 
His wife tragically died when her dress caught fire in their home at Cambridge, Massachusetts. Imagine that. That same year is when the Civil War broke out, tearing the nation apart. Two years later, during the fiercest days of conflict, Henry's son, Charlie, aged 17, ran away from home, hopped on, a hopped on a train to join President Lincoln's army. On November 27th, 1863, during the Battle of New Hope Church in Virginia, Charlie was shot through the left shoulder. The bullet nicked his spine and came close to paralyzing him. He was carried into the church and later taken to Washington to recuperate. Receiving the news on December 1st, Henry left immediately for Washington. He found his son well enough to travel and they headed back to Cambridge, arriving home on December 8th. For weeks, Henry sat by his son's bedside, slowly nursing his boy back to health. Then on Christmas Day, today, December 25th, 1863, Henry wrote a poem that has been put to music and became a Christmas carol. I heard the bells on Christmas Day. This poem can only be understood with the backdrop of the Civil War. So when you sing it, you think this is written in the midst of the Civil War and written from a man who has... It had become hopeless in his situation. Lost his wife, is losing his son, and he looks at the world. Where is peace on earth? Where is it? You know, the, there was one stanza. I don't know how many of you knew this, but there was one stanza now omitted from our hymnals from that song that speaks of the cannons thung, thundering in the south. The poet, the, the poet, feeling so down, dropped his head in despair. But then, you know what he heard? He heard the bells, the church bells, playing the Christmas carols. He heard the bells on Christmas Day. And that's when suddenly his heart changed. And what he did, he focused upon the Lord, upon Jesus Christ, his Savior, upon what Christmas was all about and why he came and the salvation he had in him. And suddenly, though nothing changed in his life, his heart and mind changed because suddenly he experienced the peace of God that passes all understanding. Because he took his eyes off the situation, eyes off himself, and looked up and fixed his eyes on the Lord Jesus Christ, the Prince of Peace. Do you have this peace this morning, dear Christian? And if, you, if you're not experiencing it, you can right now. And if you haven't had peace with God, you're here and you're not saved, you've never given your heart to Christ, we invite you to come and receive the Savior by faith. And you will experience peace with God, and then you can begin to experience the peace of God the rest of your life. Let's bow in prayer, shall we, together? As we, as we close, dear Christian, 
Perhaps you're struggling and you're feeling all the weight of your life and the pain and the suffering, just like Henry did. As he was struggling with all the losses in his life. Perhaps you're there. You're struggling with depression, anxiety. Would you just right now, in your mind's eye, open your hands and give all your anxiety to Jesus right now. Just turn it over to him. Say, Lord, I want your peace. Give me your peace. This peace that passes all understanding. Calm my troubled heart. Give me the fruit of the Spirit called peace. And guard my heart and mind. Would you do that, Christian, right now? If you're here without Christ, I invite you to accept the Savior so that you might have the peace with God right now. Would you pray a simple prayer like this with me? If you trust Christ is your Savior in your heart. You believe that Jesus died for you on the cross and rose from the dead and he took your place upon that cross, died for your sins, and you want his forgiveness. Pray with me now. Say, Dear Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. I'm sorry for my sin. I believe you died on that cross for me and you took the punishment for my sin. Come into my heart right now. Wash my sins away. I receive you today as my very own Savior. Thank you for dying for me and rising from the dead, Lord Jesus. And with head still bowed, if you gave your heart to Christ, you are now a child of God. You've been born again spiritually. You have peace with God, and now you will experience the peace of God. Heavenly Father, thank you for the speaking to our hearts. Thank you for the peace that you bring us, Lord. And may we rejoice in that, Lord. Father, and knowing that one day there will be true peace on earth when Jesus, our Savior, returns to reign. Thank you, Fathers. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.